Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 40 of Deep in the Novo. I'm Ryan Ovazinski, joined here, as always, by my co-host, Sadiq Tuma. There's, I guess, if you're in the OSU realm of uh, of life, you are experiencing some, some doldrums right now because OSU gave up a 19-point lead uh, in basketball en route to a 87-84 loss to the West Virginia Mountaineers um, the other day. Man, Sadiq, there. I, I guess the only glaring question that we can start off with is is what happened there, and and specifically in the second half because OSU was dominating in half number one. Obviously, like I said, up by nineteen at one point. What the hell happened? <laughs> That's a loaded question, isn't it? But we have to start with uh, what they did right, right? Yeah, you think about a tough West Virginia team, a good defense, obviously, a, a great offensive rebounding team mm-hmm. and a very different grind out style than this norm Oklahoma state guard centric faster team. Mm-hmm. Right. And you lo- lose Oscar to and you lose some of that element. Derek Culver still son of that same mold, but he's playing that inside and you got four perimeter players. Now, obviously West Virginia has been adapting to life without to yeah. but you saw the way they were still defending and they were defending. Well, obviously uh, they were moving the ball well on offense, but OSU was really, really countering that well. That's what they did against this really good Texas Tech defense as well. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there are going to be some glimpses and times you get stuck. But for the most part, the thing that's changed from this year to – sorry, this game to the beginning of the season was how well they reversed the ball now. Right. Instead of you know dribbling into bad situations, forcing it out, and then the ro- defense rotates back, and then you try to pass, but nothing really happens. Getting the ball out of their hands early when a guard is dribble drive on dribble drive penetration, get the ball out, reverse it a few times. And it's unselfish. It really is because Mm -hmm. you're not passing for an assist. You're passing to pass to someone else, to pass to someone else, to pass to someone else (laughs) for an open three or for a good shot or to drive in. Uh, guys are really, you know, fermenting in their roles. You see Isaac Likely down there, mm-hmm. like a big man. Cade Cunningham's there. He and they're they're using him in creative ways, right? Not just as you know, hey, hand the ball to him and do something, but you know, getting him as you know, a guy who can come off those dribble drives, off that penetration, and go right. He can get the ball as kind of a secondary guy. When you have Isaac Likely and you have some a lot of these guards, the Bryce Williams and other scores, you have that sort of luxury. And that's why you can do that. And you, you, you and then you have the elements of him just, hey, hand him the ball and let him do something. Mm-hmm. But th- that's why you saw West Virginia not be able to double so recklessly like these teams have before because other guys can burn you now, right? And West Virginia still played good defense, but OSU reversed, reversed out of the ball, reversed out of those really well. And on defense, they played really well. Then the second half, those two threes went down. Uh, I forget exactly who it was, but those two West Virginia three, threes goes down and suddenly the 19 point lead becomes a 13 point lead. Yeah. And that's the exact moment you can circle. Now, when that happened, everything really changed because first off, this is a West Virginia team that you're not expecting to hit a lot of threes. Now in conference play, I think they have the best field, three point percentage so far, which yeah. is kind of impressive for a team that's not expected to be that, but their perimeter shooting is obviously a lot better than it has been in the past. Um, uh, with this team, right. And without Toshiba, you know, playing four guards, it's a very different look. But they started to do some of that, and you're you're kind of taken off balance because not only it's not like like just, oh yeah we expect it to be bad. It's when you're OSU, it's hey we game plan a different way because what we expect is not what they're doing right now. And obviously we've talked about how all season long the three point problem, right? It's not I don't think they're playing bad three point defense, but the way they double, they're going to give up some looks, right? And now you're okay with that, and you're kind of saying okay yeah beat us from three if you're West Virginia, right? But for OSU now they have to. Um, when, when they're playing that game, they're kind of in that boat of, oh, man, this team starts to hit a couple threes. It becomes a very different game. And that's why 19 points diminishes so quickly because not only are those couple of those three-pointers, then all of a sudden 
not only does momentum shift a little bit, but you just break down exactly what they did. West Virginia came out with a ferociousness, right? At that I don't know what the minute mark was, but after those two threes went down, they're 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 hounding on defense. You saw the way they were defending, and I even looked at you and I said, "Man, the most impressive thing right now is the fact that West Virginia is pressuring so much without fouling." I yeah. mean, it was crazy. I mean, you saw the way they were playing full court press. There was one position that sticks in my mind: Cade Cunningham dribbling. And Derek Culver switching on to him, you're thinking, because what OSC's done all season long, I've noticed, whether it's Bryce Williams or Avery Anderson or Isaac Likely, is, hey, you got a big man switch on to one of our guards. We don't care who it is. Mm-hmm. We, we're not just going to hand the ball to Kate Cunningham. We're going to let those guards go one on one, just dribble drive and see what comes out of it. We either get to the basket or we pass it out, right? And that's worked for them for the most part. But this time, you, you go Kate and Derek Culver, and Culver's sticking like glue. And everyone, they were pressuring so hard. They were pressing. I mean, like Fran Fraschella said, mm-hmm. this is the first glimpse of Press Virginia we've seen since it's, 2018. That's so true. I mean, they brought it back, right? And it, yeah. and it worked well against OSU, obviously. Exactly. Um, and that 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 was piled on top of, of some of these other things, right? And, where, where, yeah. yeah. It was and, just another addition right. to the beatdown that West Virginia was able to put on OSU. And the big thing wasn't even the full-court press. That was just part of it. But mm-hmm. what really they did well was the half-court right the pressure in the of half course. court that's really what the difference was because you saw osu get a couple of turnovers they lose a couple of balls and bad turnovers too mm-hmm. where they would you know make a lazy pass or just a pass and they weren't expecting west virginia to you know come out like denying ball mm-hmm. denial sticking on those passes and suddenly you got tip turnover and west virginia's out in transition transition points no matter how good or how bad your offense is transition opportunities are always going to be easier than right half court right West Virginia couple couple of those, and they started executing the half court. Miles McBride was hitting tough shots, mm-hmm. um, and Derek Culver was too, right? I mean, he's obviously killing the boards, but let's not forget this: this guy's got a very good mid range. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was getting there in the post. He was getting to his spots and making baskets, which is difficult to defend. And with no Matthew Alexander Moncrief, things became even more difficult. Mm-hmm. But it was one of those things where, yeah, I mean, it was a combination, right? You start hitting those couple of those things, and it was the defense that was really the big the big turner where. You saw the pressure defense that West Virginia applied and how they were in your face. That mm-hmm. just changed everything. Let's shine the spotlight on Derek Culver a little bit, right, and and the, what he was able to accomplish during this game. Um, him and Miles McBride, I mean, first of all, quick aside about Miles McBride, I mean, he was hitting shots from everywhere, right? That came, that came, that was uh, yeah. a, a, quite quite a performance from him against this these OSU Cowboys. But Derek Culver really was this star of the show here. I mean, with with the uh, intensity, the ferocity on defense, as you mentioned, and and in addition to uh, his ability as a scorer too, and, yeah. and and what he was able to get done uh, down low, and 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 everything he was able to do during this game. I mean. This was you got to respect, I guess, someone that can that can kick the crap out of uh, the, the OSU Cowboys, and and he certainly was able to find ways to do it. Yeah, that's the crazy thing. I mean, you you he was always kind of like I said, West Virginia's got that old school right now. I mean, before when Toshiba was there, is that old school grinded out mentality yeah. where Derek Culver was playing the four. So obviously, is a little less floor floor spacing has to work in that sort of opportunities. Mm-hmm. Now he's got four guards around him who can, you know, obviously better three-point shooting. This guy's just going one-on-one with guys who are not that big in OSU. Yeah. It's hard to bring help a lot of times. And even when you do, it's ineffective because of how, you know, is that little post hook very, mm-hmm. very effective. And his impact was great, especially on the boards, because you look at the offensive rebounding, and a big thing was this guy. And that's what it did, right, mm-hmm. with Toshibwe and Derek Culver. This was, I think, they're they came in being the best offensive rebounding team in the Big 12. I think the 13th best, 13 out of 350 <laughs> whatever teams in the nation. Mm-hmm. They're that good an offensive rebounding team. 
um, and they get up more opportunities. They, they, they beat you that way. And it, it, it messes with your mentality. It changes your style because you can't go as fast because you have to compensate for those rebounds. Mm-hmm. And OSU has a personnel, but it's always about being disciplined. If they get undisciplined, if they don't box out, if they don't do the things, they're going to get beat on those rebounds because mm-hmm. they're smaller, right? But they can still do it. You think about their best rebounders, Keelan Boone, Isaac Likely, mm-hmm. right? Some of their shortest guys. Yeah. Um, but Derek Culver really had an impact. And that, that was one of the difficult things with the big men depth. When you're dealing with this sort of thing, it really is. When you have a team that's as good as uh, as an offensive rebounding team as West Virginia, I mean, that can just take the life out of an offense if you're really LSU, yeah. right? Defensive, for sure, um, directly. But offense, it, it trickles down, too, uh, because you know, you're having these opportunities, and it just demoralizes you. I mean, you just see offensive rebound after offensive rebound, uh, second chance after second chance after third chance after fourth chance easy stuff for West Virginia. They're doing, doing it with ease, right? I mean, the, yep. the rebounding disparity was huge in the, in yep. the offensive rebound. Obviously, West Virginia, 13th in the country, 13th in offensive rebound, and I think is a big reason why they're 13th in the country. Yep. Lucky number 13, I guess. <laughs> um, so it is really, really, really uh, demoralizing for a team if, if you have... If you're going against a team that that has uh, big guys like that that are able to get it done, yeah, it really is. That's a difficult thing, and that was kind of one of the things with this team and how small they are. It was a rebounding that was always in question, but they've really done such a good job mm-hmm. sticking with the rebounding. You know, boxing out properly. Like I said, Keelan Boone, right? I mean, that's that's one of your guards essentially, right? Right. Um, but OSU's done such a good job with those Cade, Isaac, Likely, Keelan Boone. Who, Matthew Alexander Moncrief, mm-hmm. these guys are stuck in there. They've boxed out well. They've gotten their assignments. They've gotten the rebound, and then they go. They've always done a good job. But when you get a little lax and when you don't box out properly and you don't do your job properly, that's what's going to happen. And sometimes you do, and Derek Culver gets around you anyway. That's, <laughs> that's kind of what happens. But it's one of those things you work around with, and that's why they're so good, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's why they're ranked 13 in the country, whatever they are. Mm-hmm. It's it's not a fluke, right? They yeah, are that good of a team, of course. But this should have been a win, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you're right. It's... There, there's certain things there that you see with this West Virginia team, just being able to come back against this OSU team in general, right. however they did it. Um, and obviously we see how they did it right with the, with the quick attack, the, uh, the, the press, the half court press, the, um, offensive rebounds, obviously the second chances easy, the, the attack from yep. miles McBride, the attack from Derek Culver. These are all the things that were able to get it done against OSU, but, even if they did it in the most uh, ridiculous type of way, I guess, if you want to call it, yeah. they still came back against a very talented OSU team, right? A team that's that, that as of late, I mean, you and I talked about, you know, if they had just beaten TCU, I mean, we would this team would have been ranked, right? Yeah. It easily, they easily would have been because it sure. was a, a quality loss to Texas, right? A close loss to Texas. Yeah. Um, and even, there's even an argument to be made that they could have been ranked towards the latter half um, of the of the top 25 yeah. uh, even with the, the losses I, to TCU and Texas. I think they were 29th and you took the unofficial AP poll. Right. They were getting votes there. This this you get this win for T- OSU and OSU is automatically ranked, mm-hmm. right? It was one of those difficult things, but man, what what a yeah, what a tough loss for yeah. sure. It was it was demoralizing if you're uh, an OSU guy. Um that next portion of this we need to discuss the the impact that Cade and Isaac likely had because yeah. Isaac likely for sure I mean he stood out as somebody that was just all over the place I mean I love how he's able to be a big man despite being a point card you know what I mean um of course down low uh his ability on the offensive rebounds on just rebounding in general um and then his ability to to penetrate inside and really be a force down there misdirection head fakes right driving inside uh really applying pressure um and then in addition to that, 
Kate Cunningham going down, fouling out. Uh, the foul trouble as of or at, like late in the game that I think crushed the team a little bit, right? They didn't. They were running around like chickens without their heads. Yeah. Honestly, at that point, it seemed like, um, you know, to to a smaller extent than it might be, you know, if if this team had less experience. But it still was definitely felt. Him not being out on the court was felt in this game. Yeah, it really was. That, that's a difficult thing. I mean, Kate is obviously a phenomenal player, mm-hmm. but he's also the best decision maker on this team, right? Right. Where he's getting you in the in the right position. And in a team in a game like this where a defense is so smart and playing ball but Niles so hard and right. it's working, you need a guy like that. Now luckily you had a guy in Isaac Likely, but overall I mean you, you talk about just the impact of these two guys mm-hmm. and it is it is really <laughs> it is a tough thing to deal with, right? These mm-hmm. two are really blossoming together. And they're getting better and better, it looks like, right? Kate is, I mean, you see the way he's picking his spots with the shots mm-hmm. and you know, pulling up from three. Um, he's, he's playing within the flow of the offense when he gets the ball off ball. When the, he has the ball in his hand, he understands, doesn't mm-hmm. force things. And Isaac likely talked about after the game, you know, just being more aggressive. And that's what you've really seen from him the past few games mm-hmm. where he's going and hunting his own shot because he's got so much strength and so much leverage and can get, and has so much talent and can f- make shots. So, yeah, like I said, length, right? Mm-hmm. can get to the basket strength, and he's smart. He's such a smart player. And he doesn't just have to be you know, a primary playmaker. He can go get his shot, and then when you do that, the defense has to react, react to that, mm-hmm. and it comes off of that, right? Like you get doubled, and then suddenly you have wide-open passes. And he's got, obviously, the passing vision and the playmaking ability to go get that. Together, they had 47 points. Um, seven assists, I think. I mean, this. And you talk about the playmaking with both these guys, right? That's their strongest attribute. But on this team, they can go hunt their shot and then go get the passes, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it works that way. Where and it, that doesn't mean like, hey, get get ten points, then you can get two assists. No, it means go try to attack the basket and the shot is there first, even if it's contested. If you feel like you can make it because you've got leverage, uh, because you've gotten to a spot, then that's what you do. And then say you get to a spot where they're they're doubling in a way where you don't get to the spot you want to get. Then you pass it out. And what that means is, take Derek Oliver, for example, uh, last night, where there's times where, yeah, you, you defend him a little well. He's taken a post hook from maybe seven feet out, but he's comfortable. That's one of his spots, mm-hmm. right? Five feet out, whatever. Um, get Guys, great playmakers get to their spots, right? You see Avery Anderson. You might be a little contested in that free throw jumper line uh, area, but if he gets there and he pulls up in your face, it's because he's comfortable there, right? You got to get great players off their spots. Isaac Leike, it's down there in that little post area, right? Yeah. Cade Cunningham, that area. Cade Cunningham off the dribble, um, get a few moves, and he could pull up in your face or get to the basket, even though he's a little bit farther out. But when he's driving to that right side, he can pull up from little out, little scoop and those sort of things. So my point is, hunt that shot, get to your spot. If you can't get there, you can find the pass out of it, right? Or if you know you're going to double and you're not going to get to that spot, pass out of it. It's a different mentality, a little different scope. And that's the way you see a guy like Isaac Leike really performing. And he's down there in the post. And it's so hard to really double and constantly swarm onto Isaac Likely because all that pressure has to be ready for the ball to go to Cade Cunningham. And say they start, you know, change the game plan to go into both them, you can't. Mm-hmm. The, the men don't run fast enough for that. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly it goes to Cade Cunningham and it changes the dynamic of everything. Uh, then Cade Cunningham gets easier looks. Bryce Williams gets easier yeah. looks. The whole dynamic kind of changes. But they, they, are a big, they are a big thing. They would have been, you know, the main aspect of this entire team. They would have been the storyline had they this game you know been won because they had tremendous games but it's one of those, it's one of those learning experiences because even for those two guys some of those turnovers were late in the game they weren't just other guys because here's the thing the struggle is really it's like even though Cade went out late I don't think that's the reason they lost I mean they didn't it was 10 15 minutes before that 
when those when everything was out of a flow, out of sync, where you were giving up easy turnovers. And some of the faults on those two guys, right? They have to be better when they're in those situations, and they have to make crisp passes. They have to take control. They have to move everything around, get the offense flowing, get some baskets, get guys in good positions, and then get back on defense, right? Get everyone back, be leaders. That's some of it. And so, and as primary ball handlers, those two, that's a lot of that falls on them. Some of those turnovers fall on them, and that's something that they'll learn from from this 100 percent yeah there's there's so many different aspects of this game that 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 could have went differently um but it it like you said it, it's the it's the element of having these two players um and like you said the, the combination of their points too i mean just from a a bare bones perspective um 47 combined i mean the impact is felt there but the yep. impact is also felt um in their distribution in the way that they uh crash inside in the way that they're able to um, really let this offense run through them, and, and man, it certainly does. And, and it was felt the other day when when Cade went down because um, I remember uh, obviously we saw at the end there Caleb Boone. There was some question whether yep. he committed the foul or, or Cade Cunningham. Caleb points to Cade Cunningham. Are you kidding me? Uh, really kind of bizarre uh, decision making from from him. Sure. Um, obviously it's, a, it's more of a heat of the moment type of deal. Um, but it was really fascinating because after Cade goes down, I mean that's when things really uh, went to downward i think you know what i mean and and, like, i think it was, it was long before, before that it was long before yeah. that but but that was the, i believe the exclamation uh exclamation point on the entire yeah, game and a lot of that foul trouble mm-hmm. you talk about just yeah you know like not there was a timid a certain timidness yeah. with it exactly and when he went down there was other things that happened but it was just in line right mm-hmm. where it's like even if Cade had been in there i mean think about it Cade was the one who got that charge right he's That's the true. one who went up and went up and i, I mean could have passed out of it could have mm-hmm. done something i don't know what he saw i mean i'm not Cade cunningham but <laughs> you sure <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he drives in, and I don't know. I mean, maybe he thought the defender came late. I mean, it's a heat-of-the-moment thing, right? It's a bang-bang yeah. play. That's a bang-bang play. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things where Bryce Williams missed some free throws, right? Guys miss free throws. Guys miss rebounds. Caleb Boone or Keelan Boone gets a rebound, doesn't pass it out, tries to go up. Had he made it, it wouldn't have mattered, right? Yeah. There's a bunch of things that went into it. But the really the real thing you point to if you're Mike Boyan is that 10 minutes ago, that 15 minutes ago, where not being able to clean up that lead – where if you got that big of a lead, because it, 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 Donovan Williams even came in the game, it looked like that game was over, right? Yeah. Bernard came in the game. I mean, it was a very different, it was a very tough loss, and it was one of those things. It really started earlier, and it just kept, you know, permeating, right, mm-hmm. on and on, and it's going to be something, it's going to be something learned from. It really is. And like Kate Cunningham said, we'll be back. Yeah, that is so true. I mean, almost a poetic ending to that press conference uh, for Kate Cunningham. When you look at the future uh, of this season after this loss, um, this is one that's going to tug on their heartstrings a little bit, right? A, a little bit more than than any typical loss would, sure. because of the giving up the lead. Because you know they they had the lead for so long, you know, um, and they were able to control the almost entirety of that game, except not execute uh, at the end there. Do you think that this will um, hamper the team going forward, and and to what extent? I don't – like Mike Boyden said, they were the better team all night long. Yeah. And I don't think that it'll hamper them in the sense of um, it'll linger on and they'll you know lose confidence or something. I think it's one of those things where as a young team still trying to figure it out, I mean to some degree, they'll learn from it, right? Yeah. They'll, they'll learn, okay, these are strengths, these are weaknesses, these are the opportunities. Because here's the thing, it's going to keep coming up in Big 12 play. Had they not lost this one, they would have lost another game in, in a similar fashion or in a fashion of, oh, man, when they change up you know, the pressure and everything, what are we going to do? And you learn from it because OSU has not seen this sort of ball pressure all season long. Right. Um, they've seen it in, in spurts of, hey, Kate Cunningham's a ball, go put some guys on him. <laughs> That's very different from what they saw against West Virginia. 
And teams are going to realize, okay, we can do that because West Virginia did it, right? They're going to look at some film and see that. But this is one of those things we have to learn in practice. Hey, how do we deal with this? What do we do? Who gets the ball? Where do we move? Because it's not just about who has the ball. It's about everyone else moving. Yeah. Because when you're pressuring like that, you're going to leave up some you know, backdoor cuts. You're going to leave up some lanes. You're going to change things. I mean, think about that Bryce Williams foul. One where he's full court pressing and Bryce Williams just goes, it's a foul. I mean, you're going to l- learn some things of, hey, here's what we can do. Here's what we should do. Here's how we break it. Mike Boyne's going to break it down for them. And I think they're going to learn from this. But well, another thing, right, it's shooting. Only 6 for 25 on the night. And like we said, it looked a lot better mm-hmm. watching the game. Number could be a bit deceiving, but the, the shooting definitely got better. I mean, you think about Texas Tech, the shooting wasn't terrible this game. Um, but at the same time, you just you know keep getting better at shooting, right? Because you've got the guys who can make shots. Uh, Bryce Williams, again, hit some threes. Rondell Walker hit that late three, the open three. And it's just going to keep getting to that point where you can keep doing it. Um, the shooting, obviously, is going to be so important because mm-hmm. – you saw it the way West Virginia is playing. If, like I said, you're going to leave some – when you ball pressure like that, you're going to leave some backdoor cuts. You're also going to leave some open threes. You got to hit some of those threes, change the dynamic, change the thing. But this is really a different defensive approach than they've seen. That's that's the main thing I'm getting at here. Most of the time you see, hey, let's pack the paint, see if they can make some threes. Pack the paint when Cade Cunningham's driving. Pack the paint, double Cade Cunningham. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's been a different type of defensive approach for most teams. West Virginia didn't do as much of that. What they did was double guys – in certain situations, get them in bad situations, uh, move, and they really defended the whole team. And they left some of those shots, or they didn't even leave some of those shots. They just did things differently. And then they suddenly, what they really did well wasn't just, hey, let's back the paint. It was, let's pressure the ball. No matter who has the ball, everyone, all five guys, pressure. Now, OSU hadn't seen that. Let's see how they respond. Yeah, there are so many question marks uh, going uh, in the future of this program uh, now on this season. But I think that the one caveat of this, the one silver lining, is that you cannot have a more perfect time on your schedule to play the Kansas State Wildcats than the next game. No doubt. Uh, after this one, a team that lost, by the way, 81 to 68 to Fort Hayes State of the Division II conference uh, in in the NCAA. That is uh, whew, really bad. This is a perfect timing uh, for OSU. They almost get. So slightly a break i guess if you want to call it but uh, uh um you know you can't really look past any opponent and it's the big 12 especially uh so osu will probably have their um their hands full with with another matchup and, and trying yeah. to gain confidence back I, I think this is a good game to outlet that don't you think yeah i think so this is one of those games where yeah you love it because you think about the intensity of this big 12 schedule sure. And, yeah, you get, like you said, an easier time, but also one where Mike Boyne's saying, hey, we're not leaving anyone, right? Mm-hmm. No matter who you play, we're going to play hard. And this is one where they're going to show, like, okay, are you going to come out or are you going to you know look forward to the next opponent? Are you going to look forward to Kansas and forget about the guy you're playing tonight? Yeah. This is a testament. These are those tests you get for young teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this will be a huge test for them to see how they can uh, prove their consistency all season long. That's all we have for this episode of Deep in the Novo. Thank you for tuning in to our OSU basketball coverage. We will have all of the more coverage for you. Kansas State, obviously, like we said, is next, and we will have a review show for you then. Thank you for once again for tuning in. I'm Ryan Mazinski, joined here, as always, by Sadeep Tuma. Have a great day.